welcome back to a fun-filled second season. We're back. I hit the mic. Hold on. Let me try that again. <laughs> we take, we t- no, that's good. We take Let's time off and I don't know how to podcast anymore. <laughs> We're back with a second fun-filled season of Calls to the Table. We have deeply missed you, but have deeply, deeply been loving this small break to just have community, have uh, time to rest, use the summer for, well, for me, for work. Yeah, we're back. Uh, and I'm Liv. I'm John. I'm Jordan. And I'm Caroline. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's you, y'all need to go listen to season one because that was a running thing. Caroline couldn't ever remember her name because I would be the very last one in the lineup, and I'd have to think of something clever at the last <laughs> minute to outdo everybody who came before me, and then I would end up forgetting to say my name. <laughs> if that's very what makes true. you sleep at night, then okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Caroline. <laughs> So, Jordan, what are we doing today? Well, first of all, Liv has shout-outs. I can't do stuff until Liv has yeah, shout-outs. Come on, John. Today, we have, I have a Twitter shout-out and a podcast shout-out. Now, with the topic that we're talking about today, I thought it was really appropriate to give more res- resources um, on our, our topic. So, um, I, I want to shout-out a popular podcast out there called Coffee and Enneagram. Hold on. I don't think I said that right. I just, I just, I just had my notes in front of me. She has notes for once. Um, I want to give a shout out to Enneagram and Coffee. Um, The the host of the podcast is Sarah Jane Case. and, And it's just a really great deep dive in, you know, in the Enneagram. So if you're listening to our podcast and... You're, you you listen to part one, you listen to part two, and you're like, I want to know even more. Definitely, definitely go check out Enneagram and Coffee. Uh, she does a fantastic job, again, of just really deep diving and not just like talking about the Enneagram, but talking about how you can infuse the Enneagram in your everyday life. Like, it's it's really, really great. So um wanted to give a shout out to another podcast because, yeah, I, I listened to it and I'm obsessed with the Enneagram, so I listen to almost every podcast that I possibly can to learn more about my type um, so I can understand why I do things a certain way all the time. And that's a really great resource. The other shout out I want to give is a tw- is a Twitter shout out, and it is a huge supporter and actively dialoguing with us on Twitter. And it is at Cam Ray. Cam, we love you. And even though we have some beef over on Pizza and Parsecs, I still love you here on Call to the <laughs> Table. So it's all good. So shout out to Cam. He's always he's always been really great about chatting with us and responding to us and giving us some really great support. I love it. Is there is there issues on Pizza and Parsecs because he doesn't like pineapple on his pizza? That that may be the very very uh-huh. shallow reason we're having having some quarrels with him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So if you have not picked up on it, our topic this week and actually next episode is on the enneagram. So first of all, 
What is the Enneagram? Who? Liv. Are you sure you want me to go first? Because I have notes. <laughs> you should. That's the very reason why. <laughs> so I want I want you guys to stop me at any point if you have anything you want to insert because I'm I'm gonna really go ham on this this particular question. Okay, okay. stop. <laughs> so the Enneagram is typically classified as a personality test, but I really greatly dislike the fact that it's classified as a personality test. Um, for me personally, and the way I view it, it's more like a personality within handling situations test. Um, it takes you through a series of questions that kind of spark your inner fight or flight. One of the questions being like, in this, in a stressful situation, you think of every possible negative outcome. I remember that particular question because that is the one that sticks out to me the most because that speaks to my type so deeply. It really does speak to your personality and removes the quote unquote ascent, uh, the essence part of yourself because everyone has a very, you know, unique essence and essential self that really can't be reduced to a series of numbers or letters or, you know, categories. But the Enneagram does a, does a good job of describing a particular set of patterns through a diagram of nine numbers, each being how one would kind of react to a particular situation. And then if this is from the Enneagram Institute. Ideally, personality is an effective way to express oneself, or sorry, to express ourselves in the world, but problems arise with personality, with personality cover-ups. Sorry, I can't read to save my life. I haven't had a full cup of coffee yet. Wow. <laughs> but problems arise when personality covers up the inner self or our point of view becomes stuck or rigid. And this is kind of where the Enneagram kind of helps out. Uh, when we're, our personality kind of starts to overtake a situation or undertake a situation, how are we going to react? How are we going to kind of have foresight into who we are and how we're going to handle that situation? So that's kind of like the surface level of what the Enneagram is. Um, I have so much more, but I'm going to let you guys kind of go through the next, <laughs> like what Enneagram is, and then I'll steal it again. Okay. Sounds good. John. I mean, Shut I took John. it. Okay, kidding. fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I took it, as I was saying with Jordan last night, and it was on a different point of this, but it's, to me it's more of just showing how to better understand one another, mm. especially in a close relationship. And it's also a good way of understanding yourself, because there is some stuff in this like, wow, yes, I do do that, and I didn't realize it. Helps when his wife is pointing it out, too. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you, the first time I took the Enneagram test, I sat there and read the description of my type and literally started crying because I was like, someone understands why I act a certain way. <laughs> they don't know that it's necessarily me, but they, they understand. understand me. <laughs> I took it as, uh, going off of kind of what John said, but I took it more of like, how you relate to hmm. people like it I, it definitely goes with what live what you said about the whole fight or flight like certain things that you do in a stressful situation but like for my type which we'll get into in uh, part two of this but um 
I, it really was for me more of just like how I relate to people and like that kind of thing. So I, I definitely see what live, what you're saying with the whole like stressful situation. I'm looking at John's right now. Cause his is closer to me because we printed out ours so we could highlight and stuff. And I, I'm definitely seeing some of that in his, but it, it to me, it's more of just how you relate with people. Right. Mine more describes the reason why I get in trouble. Not necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing that. We were like, that makes so much sense. <laughs> Caroline, what about you? So I'm going to be the awkward odd one out because when I took the test, <laughs> I found that it was not as encompassing or spot on as the mixed prior test. Because when I took that one, it was like I got punched in the face with, this is literally who you are as a person. And I, I, it just, it felt like it read me like a book and I loved it. And I still think what this pulled up for me is good for the Enneagram test, but I don't feel like it's as accurate as the Migs Briar was, at least for me. Do because you? this one is leaving out parts that the Migs Briar, it, it's just like, nobody knows that about me. But you <laughs> know that about me. You know, you, you can describe that particular aspect so ridiculously good. And I'm not saying that it doesn't do that for some people. I mean, clearly, Liv, for you, this read you like a book. And that impressed you so much because it's just like wow something recognizes me you know and that's that's how McBriar made me feel just because it it had parts in it that just I don't know but to me that just means that there's a reason why there are multiple tests out there and they continue to be taken is because people find one that goes okay yes this one is even more accurate to who I am as a person. And that gives me hope because that means that there are other people out there like me who get what's going on. So it, it's, I don't know, for me, it just, it gives you that sense of solidarity with other people. Uh, even if, and it's funny, my Myers-Briggs personality is like the rarest one. Not that I'm like, oh, look, I'm a unicorn, but it's like, <laughs> there are others out there. There just aren't a whole lot. <laughs> Liv, you had your I'm hand I'm going to let first. you go ahead and go because I have a long explanation for Caroline. So, Caroline, what I was going to ask you is... I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to die. No, 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 no. What I was going to ask you is, like, with the... Because I've taken the Myers-Briggs one, too. And mm -hmm. I think what, what... And what my question is for you, hearing what we all have said about what, how the Enneagram should be taken as like a way you react to either people or in a stressful situation, does that affect how you look at your Enneagram results now? And it's not a personality thing like the Myers-Briggs is, but this is more of just like a relation to either what Liv said, which is stress, or to people, which is what I said. Or do you No, know? because the Myers-Briggs one also took care of that one. Like, it literally covered everything and I felt like that covered it even better for me personally John, so, has, a, John has an addition so my hand is still up just John's okay. adding well I mean, okay. for instance the Myers, when I took the Myers-Briggs 
it showed me being, you know, one of the things in there was that I was a leader. Where the Enneagram says I'm not a leader. It's literally c complete contrast there. And I think part of it has to do with state of mind and where you are in your life. Mm -hmm. Because with this, I can definitely see why I'm more away from a leader than when I was with the Myers-Briggs being a leader. For instance, like, part of mine says, you know, if, you know, if you do this, you eventually crash and you do not do a lot of things. Well, I know I hit that wall about two years ago and I have yet to really climb out of it. So, I think part of it could be that you took it at a time where it, you weren't going to line up with your Myers-Briggs. No, what she's saying is she lined up with the Myers-Briggs. Perfectly. She's saying her well, almost perfectly. No, what I'm saying is, when you took your Enneagram test, you could have taken it at a time where you weren't going to line up with yourself, oh. like when you did when you t took your Myers Briggs. And on fairness, we are in the middle of yeah. COVID. Well, that's, that's such a great transition for me. Thank you, John. I'm going to insert myself here. <laughs> one of the really cool things that I find with the Enneagram is its way of developing through seasons of life. You know, one of the things that I really don't like about Myers-Briggs is it does kind of give you this concrete, here's who you are, here's what you are, and then most people don't take it again. But with the Enneagram, I take it almost every two to three years because I'm in a different season of life to see if my numbers have changed, to see if my maturity and my growth throughout my life has actually evolved my number and has involved my type which it hasn't, but that's fine. But in a way it has because I've noticed I wing more to a neighboring number than just sitting in my type, which is a really cool thing that I can get into in a little bit because again, I have notes. But Caroline, what John, you know, one of the things that John said that I really love and I really do stand by it is when we take the Enneagram, it's designed again for this like fight or flight type reaction, depending on which version you took. Like the ones that I take are usually dis are very you know highly disagree disagree neutral highly agree or like agree highly agree and it you know yeah. I'll read a prompt and I'll immediately feel like how would I react to this or how like do I actually think this is you know of me and then I answer but if like I was in a different season of life and if I was in a different headspace because my growth or my my stress levels are in different places, my numbers react differently because I'm in a season or I'm in a state of growth or stress, which I'll go into what that means here in a second when I dive deeper into like all the aspects of Enneagram. But there's also so much more than just nine numbers that we have to take into consideration when we go into learning about our type. It's not just a diagram with nine numbers that say, okay, this is who you are and this is it. Because there's also these subcategories of head, heart, and gut. Then there's a deeper uh, opposition category of anger, rage, stress, and anxiety. And then there's an even deeper level to that of growth and, and stress. And then even a you know, deeper level to that of knowing what your... Hold on. Uh knowing what your instincts are. So there, there's so many layers to this. And when when I took the Enneagram the very first time and found out my my type, 
I, again, I was like really excited because it's like something finally describes exactly how I act because I never had words to put to it. So then I dug deeper. I was like, okay, but this doesn't really make sense or this small aspect doesn't make sense. So then I took the three instincts test and learned about my like natural instinct and how that correlates with my type because there's like 28 different versions of combinations for the instincts themselves because you then plug that into the nine numbers. And then I read what it meant to be uh, a head, you know, a head part of the Enneagram. And I learned about wings and I learned about growth and stress and all of that then continued to make more and more and more sense. So I would encourage you to one, maybe take it again. And two, dive deeper after we talk about it, dive deeper into some of these subcategories, and it might actually help you understand a little bit more on why you get a particular number. I mean, I don't know. It, it just feels like, I'm not saying that I haven't changed as a person in many ways, but Myers-Briggs just still works for me. And I guess because I'm, I only took the, I took this free test and, uh, I mean, I looked at, you know, the wings because that one fit more. And I mean, it, it does fit, but like I said, it, it doesn't feel like it really hits mm -hmm. a lot of my specifics. Like it hits some of them, but not some of those really deep, like, right whoa, punch me in the gut. I do that uh, okay. specifics. This is more stuff that I kind of already but I think, knew, but I think if Caroline, that makes sense. Maybe, that, maybe that's <laughs> but I why. Think, Caroline, part of that is because you do like something a little bit more concrete. You know, you, you don't want to have to pick through, like John and I went through ours last night and there's stuff in, in our, both of us have our number and then a wing number. And so we went through and we literally read it all and we picked out the stuff that really like what Liv said spoke to us and was like, oh my goodness, we do that. And we didn't know we did that. But there is stuff in there, like on mine, it says that I'm an extrovert. No, I'm not. So You're, you are an I am, extrovert. I am an outgoing you, oh, no, no, no. I'm a you are a social introvert. introvert. But, I'm not, but I'm not an extrovert. So that's not something I'm not going to read that and then be like, Oh, well, it says I'm an extrovert, so therefore it's not reading me like a book. No, there are stuff in there that definitely explains it. But for you, you like when you are able to see something and it literally says everything in detail and it's a concrete thing that you can hold on to. And I think that's why the Enneagram didn't speak to you as well as it did for Liv or like for me and John. John. So yeah. that's my input. <laughs> so, oh, right. no, that makes sense. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm still um, going to talk about what I got. I kind of explain to our listeners kind of what we're all talking about as far as like the subcategories yeah. and, and what what all is kind of encompassing in the in the Enneagram. That's, that kind of goes along with the question. Yeah, of course. The yeah, please do, because um, so I think the, that'll the help me too. I want to kind of explain are the three centers and that being the intellectual center, the emotional center and the instinctual center. These show strength, uh, you know, these, these in particular are not something that we're like, oh, I'm just this or I'm just that. It shows our dominance in which one we kind of gravitate towards the most within our number. And we still have aspects of the other two 
but one has like a higher kind of read on ourselves. The intellectual center or the the head center is using the mind for language and rational thinking, and they do like a lot of planning and strategizing. This has an opposite uh, emotion to it, and that kind of comes with fear and anxiety. So when someone in the head center is feeling very, very, very weak or very, very, very stressed or is in an unhealthy state, immediately they go into an anxiety state uh, type state. Emotional center is using the heart for positive and negative feelings. They're full of empathy and concern and their opposite is shame. They feel a great deal of shame when they're in a stressful or non-growth situation. And then you have the instinctual center, which is like the gut center, and they feel a lot of anger and rage as their opposite. Um, and it's using their body for movement and to be like in a constant state of awareness. It's those types of people that are like, oh, I got this gut feeling. and I'm just going to run with it, you know? So those are like the three like centers that you notice in the diagram have this like pie shape to it coming off with attach or, you know, attaching three numbers to the, that pie shape. Yeah. And so then let's go ahead and just, I'm going to do a brief, brief, brief rundown of the numbers. Cause we keep talking about numbers. We keep top- talking about types, but I think it'd be really good since we're doing a, what is the Enneagram? This is like the, the meat of it. And I think it'd be good just to give a really quick rundown before we deep dive next episode of each number. Um, You have one, the perfectionist, two, the giver, three, the achiever, four, the individualist, five, the investigator, six, the skeptic, seven, the enthusiast, eight, the challenger, and nine, the peacemaker. So if you're listening to this and you're like, ooh, I feel a lot of those, you actually might. It's really cool. Go ahead and take a test and figure out like, oh, what does that mean to you? But those are, that's just a real quick. And again, next episode, we're going to really deep dive in each and every single one of those and what they do. And after giving you the synopsis of what an Enneagram is, you have wings, which is another subcategory. And they are just, it just complements or adds important um, elements to your number. So say you're a five. And you're like, oh, but I really resonate with stuff that the four does. And I really feel like there's a lot in the four category that I also do. You may be a five wing four. Your dominance is five. Your core is five, but you wing out to four. You can only though blend your wings with neighboring numbers. So a five cannot have a wing like three, two, one, nine, eight, seven, six. You know what I mean? It's like you you wing towards something that's attached to the other side, mm-hmm. um, which I find really, really intriguing when people are winging from, let's say, a one to a two, that those are two different centers. You've got the gut and the the heart center now. So you're winging and using, oh, it's just huh, so cool. So cool. <laughs> Another category that's really, really a huge part. It's like the the potatoes and vegetables of the Enneagram. So you've got the meat, which is the actual types. But the next part is the stress and the growth of, of your Enneagram types. They're the inner lines. They denote... Wait, hold on. I don't know what that word says in my notes. Anyway, they 
it kind of tells you like what each type will do under certain conditions and situations in your life. One shows how a type will behave during a positive growth type or like time in their life and also the opposite of a stressful, negative, unhealthy side. I, if, if let's say like somebody's a six, okay, and they're experiencing a lot of stress in a situation, their stressor will immediately send them to a three, which is the type of person, like the achiever, who wants to be fully invested, fully working, and in a negative way, they'll probably become a workaholic. They won't put anything in front of them that isn't work-related because they're looking for that outward adoration and that outward outward affirmation from their employers or their bosses or the, the clients or whatever. So they're just investing in work. And that becomes really harmful for people, you know? But in the opposite way, in the growth, a six will go to a nine where they become very agreeable, very peaceful, very like, oh, go with the flow. Like, it's going to be great. Like, no worries. If they're in a situation where they know, like, I can definitely continue to grow in myself in here without bringing stress into my life. Does that all make sense? I mean, it's a lot to digest. And then the last kind of like dessert on top of all of this fun Enneagram information. And if you guys have any questions, please, please ask, because I'll definitely answer them. Are the three <laughs> instincts. And this is the part that I love so much that people forget to like take into consideration. And it's again, it's kind of the dessert. So we kind of like forget about dessert sometimes. And they are- Since all- when? <laughs> Not me. I start with dessert. <laughs> <laughs> I love dessert, but like, you know, sometimes we forget the coffee with the dessert. You never know. You know, it just depends. I don't like coffee, so that that explains why I would forget it. Okay. (laughs) They often reflect to, oh, sorry. They are offered to, they're often referred to as three subtypes. They're used to help with understanding a deeper self slash personality through specific instinctual intelligences. That's that's the word I wrote down. So we're going to stick with it. Um, they're also they're often used for survival, and everyone utilizes all three, but has a dominant. So it's again, it's just like the head, heart, and gut. Everyone uses all three, but one has a more dominant approach. Uh, real quick, the Enneagram Institute has a test to help determine the stack. So the stack being your number type, your wing, and your subcategory of um, instincts and how those all will correlate. It is a test that you have to pay for. But to be honest, if you just like research the instincts and kind of play off of your number, you can kind of stack them yourself. But one day I will be paying for this test and I will be taking the Enneagram Institute's test and finding my stack because I think this is like the, the you want you you want like a very specific thing go to the Enneagram Institute. Um, so the three three types are self-preservation. They are preoccupied with safety, comfort, health, energy, um, well-being, a physical body, whether it be for themselves or externally. So they're, they're constantly thinking of how can I self-preserve myself and how can I make sure other people are in a state of self-preservation. Um, this one is often looked not self-preservation, the next one I'm going to say, is often looked at in a negative context. So 
I want to go ahead and put a disclaimer out that it is not what your mind is immediately going to go to, but is the, um, it's the sexual instinct, aka the attracted, uh, the attraction instinct, but they are a drive for stimulation and constant awareness of the chemistry between themselves and others. So they're more focused on how do I connect with other people opposed to how can I protect somebody else? How can I receive something from somebody else? They're more invested in the idea of how do I, as a person, connect fully to this person over here? Um, and then the last one is the social or adaptive instinct, which is they adapt themselves to fit the needs of the social situations that they're in. So wherever they're at, however they're working, whatever's going on, they can make themselves, they're, they're kind of like the chameleon. They can make themselves fit in all situations. That's John to a T, right? Yeah. My, my older brother used to always say I was a chameleon. There, there you go. So that's, that's kind of like everything you need within the Enneagram. So in, in conclusion of question one, um, <laughs> uh, Taking just the Enneagram type number test is perfectly fine, but I would encourage anyone and everyone to take the extra step, read about wings, read about growth and stress, read, read about the, the head, gut, heart subcategories and read about the instinctual categories and start stacking things on top of your, your number type because it all just makes 10 times more sense when you do all of those on top of it, which is what I did because, because of my type, that's just kind of who I am. <laughs> yup. All right. We're ready to go to the next one. Yeah, sure. Unless anyone has any questions about all the word vomit, I just spoke out. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention. Can you do it all again? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can. Yeah, see, here's the problem. Now I realize I didn't research enough. So, hey, guess what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to be looking up subtypes. So I'm actually going to go out of order of what we had talked about. We and kind of I'm, already hit two. Well, yeah, but I'm going to go back to it. So there are a lot of criticisms about the Enneagram. And I actually went and looked up some criticisms about it. So I didn't just say that there were criticisms. And... These are the, the big ones that I kind of kept seeing. Someone said in, the Enneagram is inaccurate because it consistently changes and Liv it's kind of hit on to. that already. It also said, somebody also said the Enneagram is just astrology for people at Christian colleges. Oh my gosh. And then, uh, yeah, and then somebody else said, and this is actually, he is a scientific skeptic. His name is Robert Todd Carroll. And he said he listed the Enneagram in a list of pseudoscientific theories saying that it can't be tested because they are so vague and malleable that anything relevant can be shoehorned to fit the theory. So basically you can kind of force, you can find yourself in anything. You can kind of force yourself to be a number. So why does the Enneagram get so much criticism? And that's just a few. There's more, but that was just a few of them. And how what would be an appropriate response to the criticisms? Okay. Live. No. They're wrong. I actually, <laughs> I've actually heard most of those, most of those things. And I actually do, 
I, I hate to say it, but I have heard a lot of those same kind of criticisms from Christians. One of the reasons I love the yep. Enneagram so much is because of its faith-based developed core. But, you know, I, I, I'm going to go out of order. I'm going to answer the second part of this question that you asked before I, I give okay. more of like why there's also criticism. Because I've, I've talked about it a little bit okay. already. But handling the criticism, I think it's to each their, you know, I would say to each their own. Um we we as human beings are not a you know we're, we're we don't have the emotional capacity of a teaspoon as Hermione Granger would say in Harry Potter in the Goblet of Fire. Nope, sorry, Order Phoenix. Oh, I even had it written down. We are super complex and we feel a lot of emotions at a lot of different times. And yeah, there are days where I literally sit back and like, wow, I'm acting like a one, and that's not even anywhere near my wheelhouse. Like I. I'm pretty sure I even I took the test again, even though I knew exactly what I was going to get there. I the the lowest percentage I got was a 53 on the four, the individualist, which I was like, okay, yeah, I don't see myself as a four. I there are days where I am far from a four. However, I have these I'm the social instinct type. So I fit every situation I need. And if I'm in a room and there's not a four in the room, I'll make myself a four if it's needed. You know, so there, there is, we, we are ever changing people. We are ever constantly growing people. And if we don't allow ourselves to look at the Enneagram in a sense of this is how I'm growing, this is how I'm developing and this is what season I'm walking into and this is what season I'm walking out of. Yeah, we're going to sit back and be like, oh, it's super vague and this doesn't work. But if we allow ourselves to kind of understand, hey, you know what? Actually, I was a, you know, I was a five two years ago, but I've grown a lot since then. Let's see what it is. And then I become a four. Okay, that makes sense for the season of life I'm in. And it is kind of vague because of the amount of subcategories that can fit into it. Um, and again, this is one of the reasons I don't like the Myers-Briggs. It's not concrete because we're not concrete. You know, like I can be in, uh, I can have a type. I can then have a subcategory. I can then have a wing. I can then have an instinct type. I can then have, you know, a growth and a stress. I can have all of these things in me because I'm not just one or two or three or four letters because there's also another one called um the disc d-i-s-c there's only four i'm like i don't want to be classified as one concrete category when i feel like i'm way more complex than one concrete category um but you know that that's how i would respond to it is to each their own and kind of give in depth like why i feel the enneagram is actually a beneficial tool for anybody who comes comes at it with, you know, criticism. I also think it does have a lot of criticism because of how complex and how much more research you have to do. Yeah. To really decipher and discover the the full cookie cutter self. You know, the types themselves is if you put the cookie batter halfway through the cookie cutter. Yeah. You know, if you like only cut out half. You have to fill up the whole thing. It's a good visual for that. <laughs> what about you, G? This is where I'm going to have to say I'm more ignorant, so I can't really say too much. But, for instance, with 
astrology for Christians. Astrology has a lot more that you go into depth, like, this is what you're going to do today. This mm -hmm. is not a day-by-day, day, this is what you're going to do. This is the very out, you know, very far back looking of where astrology even makes some sense with a lot of people. Of, on a basic level, this is who you are. So that's where I would sit there and go, you're looking at it, the, the people want to look at it like, oh, you're going to do a defined thing like astrology. No, this is saying you tend to do that. Well, and my, I'm adding on to that, and I'm going to add on to what Liv said, too. The, the thing that I didn't like about the astrology thing was astrology goes off of basically when you were born. And Caroline and I are born, I think we're both, yeah, we're both Geminis. And I think we are. Wait, we are? I used to think, I, I thought at one point they changed it, and I was like, a tar I used to be a Taurus or something, but that was the last time I even I looked at it. But like, okay, let me mm -mm, rephrase. Me and my cousin are literally a day apart. Both of us are All right, Gemini. now I have to look it neither up. One of us, neither one of us act exactly alike. And to me, the astrology part of the criticism fits more of what um the the scientific Hi, I am still a Taurus oh. okay sorry no it's okay it, it literally is cut between May 20th and May 21st yeah so I that to me it fits more with what he was saying with the Enneagram of you can kind of force yourself to see every different aspect there's so many different descriptions of what a Gemini is or what a Taurus is or you know what a Scorpio is you can find a little bit of yourself in any of those descriptions if you dig hard enough. For me, the, the reason why the Enneagram gets so much criticism is because as humans, we tend to be lazy. And we want something, and I'm not, this is not a criticism to what you were saying, Caroline. This is just in general. We tend to want something that tells us what we are, tells us how we react to stuff, tells us how to change, tells us everything in one go, and we don't have to do a whole lot of digging for it. And with the Enneagram, what you have said, Liv, has, has shown that people take it once and they think that that's the concrete thing, that it's never going to change, and here's the explanation for everything we do, and that's not it. You have to dig, and you have to do what you have done, which is retake, you know, every few years and every different season of life, because you tend, you morph as we tend to grow. And if people, want to, if, you, <laughs> if people want to take the test once and get a concrete answer, then they do need to take something more like Myers-Briggs that really looks at just who you are right then, and then they can kind of stick with it. I mean, that's the Enneagram is something that is ever fluid, never changing, and you have to do more research on it. And I think that's a big reason why people have such criticism for it is because they don't want to have to right. do that research. And you know, I'm, what I'm really excited about is I'm, I'm actually going to ask David to take the Enneagram test after we finish filming today. Because I'm really in... Send me his oh, results, please, of course. for of certain course. reasons. I, I am so excited <laughs> because doing more research last night, I thought I knew what his number was, but then I was doing more and more research on each and every other number because I've listened to all these podcasts. I, I, I know about the other numbers, 
But I'm like, oh, but he could do this. Oh, he could be this. And I understand why people are like, oh, it's too vague. Oh, it's, you know, it's a little bit extra here. It's a little bit extra there. But, but like when I first met David, his, he could, he could have easily changed throughout his person, like not his personality, not his, like his essence. Like I said at the very beginning, who he is as a person has not changed. But his numbers and his types and the personality of how he handles situations could have changed because of a softening or a connection with me. And that's why I took it again. So I'm like, I am pretty sure maybe my numbers changed because of my relationship with David. I can't wait to take it in like two to three to four years from now and see how married life has helped shifted my my Enneagram type. Like, I think that's so, like, that excites me to know that I could be growing into a new season and into a new type. Yeah. Caroline, what about you? What is your response to the criticisms? I mean, I, I feel like it's, first you have to think about, like, what actually is astrology? I mean, that that's something that sort of ongoing where it's like if the moon is in this house then you're going to be feeling this today and it's like no 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 the the forces of nature i mean yes you can feel bad because you know maybe the air pressure is a little too high and you've got a headache but that doesn't mean that your love life is doomed because a planet moved like five inches to the left like that's not <laughs> that's not how that works like Funny, our love life is doomed because the moon moved well, I mean, you know, full moon causes lots of crazy ki- children, as you very well know. I mean, yes, that, that is a true thing. We still don't quite know why, true. but yes, it, it's true. Moon. I also like yes. to say I'm an Aries and am the farthest thing from an Aries. Like, I don't act like an yeah. Aries in any way, shape, or form. When I tell people, you're <laughs> like, oh, what's your sign? I'm like, I'm an Aries. They're like, what? I'm sorry. Excuse me? I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, it's weird. You're, you're an Aries <laughs> when you're friend, with your friends. Like, you are a Julian Solomita Aries when you are with your friends. Oh, you know what? But David's told me that too. No, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. But it, it's when they're talking about like astrology specifically, it's something that is almost a religion where it's like, Oh, what, what does the universe have in store for me today? And yeah. that's not how this test is. It's like, this is your personality. Like, we have discovered that there are repeating personality types amongst people. I mean, there's a theory that the disciples represented 12 different personality types. So, I mean, again, that's just sort of speculation or theory, whatever. But, I mean, it is a recognizable fact that we keep coming back to these same things. And it's nice to be able to take an objective look at yourself and go, oh, this is something that I'm good at. And this is something that, hey, you're right. This is something I could work on. It can help you get a better look at yourself, particularly if you're not a very, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, introspective person. Yeah. I And I don't know how, for how many personality types that's a thing. I mean, for me, I've always been introspective, so it's almost, like, impossible for me to comprehend, but I know that that's there. So if you're not introspective, you kind of need something to tell you, 
yeah, this is who you are. L- let's take a look at ourselves, you know. So that's why, I mean, even taking more than one test, not just Myers-Briggs or Enneagram, but, you know, other things. And I don't mean personality quizzes on BuzzFeed. Like, for, for, <laughs> for real, count. let's do some serious things. You know, th- those don't count. It doesn't matter if you're Sprite Pepsi, you know, whatever. Oh my gosh. Uh, it doesn't count which Disney I'm sorry, that was a My Brother, My Brother and Me reference. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah. So, it, it's it's not, this isn't a religious thing. It can only be used for your benefit if you truly decide to look into it further and go, okay, God, is this revealing to me, I guess, a sin? Or, you know, something within my personality type weakness that I can work on so that way I can be the best me that I am. As long as you also remember, you are literally a unique human being head to toe. This has nothing to do with, like, snowflakes or whatever. No, no, no. There will never be another you in the universe, even if you are an identical twin. You are still one person, one soul, one body, even though I don't believe in the immortal soul. That's, anyway, that you are you. So don't e- don't let the test define you. Let it help you unless you feel like it's not helping you, in which case there's nothing in the Bible that says, thou shalt take the Enneagram test on thus and such <laughs> date. And the Lord did grin and he feasted upon the land of the Slos and the Monty Python was watching it yesterday. Okay. No, not yesterday, day before. John, I was I like expecting a comment. Wow. I like the Monty Python reference. He's just sitting here shaking his head. He's laughing and shaking his head. Okay. <laughs> because there's, this is where it gets a little funny because there's a talk show host I listen to. He's talking about with Legion, they never explain what happened to the demons of Legion after the pigs committed suicide. He's like, me personally, I believe they all transcended time and went to Twitter. Wow. <laughs> I mean, oh, they God. were still a lot. Well, okay, we're not going to get into that. Anyway. Yeah, no. That's an ADD moment. Yeah, that's an ADD so, moment. Anyway. ADD moment. All right, so because now. that's something you um, almost legitimately have, so we can say it. What, me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm horrible. So I'm going to go back now and kind of rephrase the, the other point that we had. Why was it beneficial for us to take the Enneagram? Ooh. Um. For me personally, it was really beneficial for my development in leadership. Um, I took it while I was in Houston working with the IJM Dance Company. And and yes, I said its name because this season I'm not going to hold back and I'm not afraid. Uh, you said it last. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. When I was working with IJM, it was really helpful and beneficial because it gave me a perspective of he like when I was feeling stressed or when I was feeling a certain way negatively in an unhealthy state, I could then fall back on the Lord and say, okay, this is a tendency. This is, I now have words and I now have a distinct number that I fall to when I'm in an unhealthy state. Lord, how can we move out of this and I handle this situation differently than I normally would? And I, I now do that with my relationships being romantic on, you know, friendships, all of that kind of stuff. Because if something were to stress me out in my relationship with David, immediately I'm like, okay, this is how I normally will handle this situation. And this is normally how my brain goes. How can I, you know, how can I with you in the Lord 
move out of this space and go into this space and we'll work with each other. Um, and then at work, I do the same thing. Like majority of the, the staff members at the studio I work at all know their number and all know each other's number. And we will sit down, have a situation or have a task in the center of the pot. And my boss will be like, all right, I need the people who are very dominant in fours, threes, nines, and eights to take on this task because she knows that within that, they'll take it and run with it the way they need to through the way that they process situations. Then other things will go in. She'll be like, I need a six to take care of this because they're really going to know all of the aspects and all of the outcomes that could possibly come out of this and be prepared for every outcome that could come out of this. So it's really cool and really beneficial in that because I can sit back and be like, oh, I'm this. I could handle this situation. I know how to handle this situation without being stressed. So there's right. my answer. Johnny G. Well, right now I'm kind of questioning mine because we I ended up taking mine on a different site by accident. And the type that it said I was most likely, I'm kind of going back through it going, okay, there's a lot of things. I mean, both the, both the 90-something and the 70-something both really speak to me. But the 90-something would say I'm shy and I don't get along with people very well. Where, Which is a lie. <laughs> but with the other one, it says, you know, when under stressful situations, I have I would have severe anxiety or depression. Which, if I crash, yeah, but it also says that I would be fear of power and not be good with leadership, which is a lie. Fun, yeah. Fun fact, <laughs> a lot of times, and this is, you're not the first person I've heard say this. There are a lot of times people have taken the test, got two different, got you know, had their top one not fit and their second one actually fit, which and is perfectly let's fine. Let's think, both of them fit. Parts of parts of both are of they, them fit, but they're not next oh, to weird. each other. I'm really yeah. excited. It's five and five seven. and seven. Ooh, hold on. Yeah, let me look at my notes. The investigator and the enthusiast. When we talk about it in part two, you'll see like really what fits oh, with John. But oh, yeah. I'm wondering, I am, I'm wondering if your current state of being has, has helped with that because five and sevens are connected <gasps> through stress and growth. Well, there you go. Uh, we'll listen. We'll listen on the next okay, one. Then. I can't yeah. wait. Oh, I can't wait. Cause that's where <laughs> I'm going to really thrive is like, I have notes on all the connectivities that they have with each other. So well, why was it beneficial for you? You like went on a whole rabbit trail. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that being said, you know, for instance. Don't go deep into it. I know, I'm, I'm trying to do a quick gl glance over. I, in one regard, I do think about everything. I'm very much, I do have deep thought on a lot of different things mm -hmm. at uh, any given time. And it just. On the unfortunate side of that is, I don't always connect the dots to people. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but with the other one, I do tend to not really try to tie myself down to one thing until it's very much along. Until you feel secure in it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's me trying to... So it helped you understand you. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay. I, I agree with the long way around of what John said. Um, for me, it was nice because there are certain things, especially this past year with the stuff with my family, that I have done and I don't understand why I did it. And then I read this and I was like, other people have this because it's on, because it's a on a test and it's a number, it means that it's a common thing. And it means that there are other people that do the same things as I do. And it was great. It was a great validation for me because it was like, oh, yay, I, I'm not a freak. It's okay that I'm reacting to this X, Y, and Z, you know. And so that was that was where I found the, the benefit in taking it was there was some validation. And in addition to that, reading John's really helped me understand him better. And so that really helped our marriage because now both of us can look at our numbers and what we are in that time and be like, Oh, you're reacting this way because of this, because this is the tendency when you get stressed or when, you know, you're relating to people, this is what you tend to do. And so it was nice. We actually had a long talk yesterday. Cause I was like, now that I actually live kind of what you were saying, now that I actually have words for it, let's, you know, we need to talk about it. And so that was, that was the benefit for me is it really helped in relating to um, people. And side note, it really has helped with John writing the wedding speech for Liv and David, because <laughs> we may have integrated that just a little bit. I so, yeah, had just a oh, no. feeling. <laughs> so yes, I will let you know as soon as I, I'll, I'll I'm going to have David take it because I'm really curious. Like I said, I'm so curious on I and I think I know. I think I know. I think I know. But I think I can. I think I can. One of the <laughs> disclaimers that I definitely want to put out into the world, and I'm going to reiterate this in the next episode, is it's really unhealthy to type other people unless you are a trained professional or are a trained professional. Like, I would... <laughs> You know, I can sit here and assume all day long, but I have no right to sit back and say, oh, David is a one or, oh, David is a this unless he's taken it because he might read these questions and have a different gut reaction and want to go for it differently than what I perceive him as. So yeah. it's unhealthy. Do not type other people. If you noticed, I did not type any of you guys. And I have done research on this for six years. Yep. I don't type people. <laughs> just, right. quick, just a quick question. What type did you think I was? A seven. <laughs> That's the one that fits in better, in yes. my opinion. I mentally right. have guessed everyone's type, but I don't. I don't solidify my like, oh, I think they're, I know that they're this. It's like, I, I bet you if they took the Enneagram, this is probably their number. I will have you, we'll add that into the next episode. We'll have you guess before we all say what oh, we were. Okay. Mm -hmm. We'll have you guess. Including the wing. I want to see how good Oh my you goodness. You're going to make me do the wing. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wish I was more prepared. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I Caroline. What? Somehow I'm not prepared. Uh huh. <laughs> Caroline, you you have been the one that obviously has given not criticisms, but you have talked about the Myers Briggs being better for you. What benefits did you find in taking the Enneagram? 
I guess it sort of reinforced certain aspects that I already knew, if that makes sense. Um, Absolutely. Gave me a new perspective on, not necessarily that this is something that I definitely do, but I guess I could see the situation going this way if that happened. Yeah, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But like I said before, uh, I kind of have had the same experience that Liv has had in that my Myers-Briggs has been with me ever since college. In fact, we were given the official, official test in a college class about careers, and they even brought in a professional profiler one day, uh, on the day we were given our results. And uh, as we're all coming into the big old classroom, he's standing at the front, eyeballing everybody, going, yep, yep, I think you're this, I think you're that. And, uh, I mean, he didn't actually, like, say it out loud. You know, he was the one who gave the presentation that day. But uh, he, when he asked how many INFPs were, it was just me and one other dude in the far back who raised their hands, and he was like, yeah, I I, I can definitely see that. I mean, he, before certain things happened, he's like, all right, most of the people in this room are going to be a certain, you know, these letters. Will you please raise your hand if you're this? And sure enough, most of the people in the room were those letters. I just, I thought it was really interesting. It stuck with me. I, I feel like I've, I'm a grown-up INFP, if that makes sense. Uh, just because there are some parts of it that still make so much sense for me. And they've stayed with me. And some of those things that it's like, this is something you need to be aware of. Like, this is the reason why you're slacking off on this. Or, you know, you're more inclined to do this. It's like, yes, this is something I need to remember. Yes, this is something I still struggle with. But it's like, yeah, at least this is helping me, you know. And I mean, of course, that can help. That can happen with the Enneagram, too. It's just because I've been with the Myers-Briggs for so much longer. I think that's why I feel more attached. And on top of that, like I said, it read me to filth. So. Yeah. You didn't answer the question. But but this just affirmed okay. a few things. <laughs> I was like, you didn't answer the question. Yes, I did. I said it affirmed some things. All right. Liv, is there anything else you want to add before we sign off? Since this is kind of <laughs> your baby. Yeah, just I want to reiterate that, like, I guess I haven't said this. I want to just make it clear that, uh, you know, the Enneagram is not just a Christian thing. Like everyone can take it. Anyone can take it. I've met non-Christians who have taken the Enneagram and who are obsessed with the Enneagram. It's yeah, it's really cool to, to see how it kind of develops throughout everybody's life and not just through a, a, a certain perspective of faith, which I love. I also think it's really important to know that everyone is going to perceive it differently and everyone is going to receive it differently. And just being open and, and willing to receive different perspectives willingly. Because while, you know, I love the Enneagram and Caroline, I'm, I, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you. We have two different takes on the Enneagram. And yet I'm sitting here and I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to really know what her number is to see if that is actually going, if that plays into the reasons why you're I guarantee you it probably does and I can't wait I guarantee you I'm so excited to dive deep into that um 
I'm so excited to tear your personality apart, bit by- Let's open up this pigeon and read its entrails. <laughs> it's more of like, you know, and, and it's more of like, I'm excited because I think I know, you know, I'm pretty sure I, I've known John's. Like, again, I don't type people, but I think I know John's. I think I know Jordan's and her wing, but I'm not 100% sure what your, like, instinct would be, Jordan. Caroline, I don't know if I can, fi- I don't think I have Ooh. yours completely figured out, but I think I do. And I think that's going to really continue to help develop our core with each other. If when we, if, and when we get to a point where we can actually get back together in person and like do our like social gatherings, knowing and understanding each other's type and how we react is actually for me going to help me react to you guys because i i am the social instinct i am the chameleon like john where i am the social well, instinct I, I'm sorry, I just i like that I, i'm sorry it's like sometimes i feel like certain things just need of to be course. shouted to the wind that of sounds course. really funny but like it's gonna help me understand where like your brain goes and where john's brain goes and where jordan's brain goes and like why you guys go in different ways you know what i mean so and I would, I would encourage if, if, you know, any of one, anyone's listening, I would, in, I would really, really, really encourage if you are an employer, if you're like a boss, a leader, a director to have your team take the Enneagram test. I have a very, very, very big project that is currently pre-approved, but at the, I, I can't announce it quite yet on like social platforms. I'm not allowed to legally, but I have a really big project coming up and anyone who enters into this big project, I'm asking them to take the Enneagram test because I'm, I'm the leader of this particular thing. Like there's myself and two other individuals and we're all working equally, but my title has leadership in it. And I want everyone to come in taking the Enneagram test. So I know how to best serve everyone in this big project that I can't announce quite yet on socials. I can announce it when we're the big red buttons gone. Okay. Gotcha. All right, John, are you ready to lead us out? Yeah, why not? Okay, go for it. It's Let's see if I can get through this long. without too much interruption. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's chomping at the bit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to our first episode of season two of Call to the Table. <laughs> <laughs> If you would like to get in contact with us for Dot questions, com. comments, com. or topics, <laughs> suggestions, <laughs> please message us on Twitter and tape at Table Team C3T or Instagram at Call to the Table Pod. Join us on our next episode as we go in deeper to the Enneagram and discuss what each other's numbers are. Ooh. Bye. Ooh, bye.